Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, asking for a friend. How do we lose weight when we're eating all the time at these different events and going around to all these different foodie events? Yeah, well, I'm a total expert in that, obvi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just, duh. Uh, you know, I have no idea. I uh, I was working out for a while, but then I, I took a pretty nasty fall, so I haven't been. And then um, intermittent fasting, but then I got sick. And so for me, I'm not losing weight at all. It's a really bad summer. <laughs> I'm trying to work out, but it feels like every day is a cheat day. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I know. And it doesn't help when we have ice cream for lunch. <laughs> ice cream for lunch, burgers on Monday, hot pot on Tuesday, uh, beers on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> this is a bodybuilder's diet, I tell you. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. Well, how you doing? I don't know about you, Monica, but being out in the sun for the last two days, I hope you like shellfish because I am an absolute lobster right now. (laughs) This negative 10 SPF that I bought at Target, not working at all. (laughs) No, I know. You know, today I thought it was going to be like really nice and it was nice, but it was a lot hotter than I thought it was going to be. And yeah, sort of, I'm going to overshare here. I can't wear shorts because I didn't shave my legs. So like I'm walking around in pants all the time. So when you see me pants and it's like 85 degrees out, it's because I didn't shave my legs. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I, just just to let you know some, some TMI as well. I didn't shave my legs either, but I still wore shorts. <laughs> well, you look great doing it. It makes your legs oh. look tanner. <laughs> I know, I know. The genetics of an Asian, I have no hair on my legs. So it's just kind of, what does Ali Wong say on one of her standups? It's, it's like Asians are like dolphins. I mean, we don't have any hair whatsoever. Dolphin smooth. (laughs) That's a bit much. (laughs) All right. Well, welcome to our show. This is Seattle Foodie Podcast, episode 4444. Monica, to make up for the lack of recaps from last week, we've got a bunch and a lot for you. So let's let's just get right into it, shall we? Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Let's start with last Monday. This past Monday, we were out in Fremont checking out some burgers, shakes, and sides. Oh my. I'm talking about You Need a Burger out in Fremont. Monica, you and I have been fans of You Need a Burger for quite some time now. We ended up getting several things, including the elk burger with sherried morels, watercress, and mashiko cheese. We got the Big Star, which is their version of a barbecue burger with crispy onions, bacon, cheddar, coleslaw, and barbecue sauce. And I always need a shake. I know you're hashtag lactose intolerant, but (laughs) we still got a huckleberry shake. And for our sides, some tempura asparagus, because we bougie like that, onion rings (laughs) and sweet potato fries. What'd you think, Monica? Uh, so first of all, I loved your huckleberry shake and I got to uh, have, I got the mixing cup on the side that had just, uh-huh. just enough for me. And I yeah. really loved that fresh berry taste. I hadn't had the elk burger before, but it had become recommended and I tried it and I really liked it. I liked that it was lean and you could taste the game, but it wasn't overly gamey is what I like to say. Um, and the tempura asparagus, well, it's the only thing you would let me eat while you were shooting. So like, you know. <laughs> Like, yeah, it was delicious. (laughs) 
Come on now. I've I've really improved on my shooting. I don't take that as long as, <laughs> as, as I used to be. Just I'm trying to be more efficient. Of course it's, you are. No, I yeah. I agree. It's a 2019 year's resolution. It's just taken me seven <laughs> months for me to kind of get to that resolution. That's all. I know, but I think our listeners really enjoy seeing those stories. So I tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, you need a burger. I really like their game burgers. Like every time mm-hmm. the bison, the elk, mm-hmm. I think I've had a lamb one too in the past. Mm-hmm. It's always cooked really nicely. Okay, let's be honest. I mean, we've had game burgers before and it mm-hmm. it is a little bit tough, but Every time I've had some sort of burger like that from Unita, it's actually cooked perfectly. And I, I do enjoy those burgers. Yeah, I do as well. I, I haven't had the uh, bison, but I've had the lamb. I'm a huge fan of lamb, lamb burgers. Mm-hmm. And I just love that they have it on their regular menu. You know, it's not a special that's going to go away. And let's be honest, like how many people are offering like really innovative burgers on a regular basis that you can get all the time? Mm-hmm. A lot of times people will say like, oh, it's it's a mushroom burger, but mm-hmm. they're actually paying attention using different types of mushrooms like cremini mushrooms and other types. They put a lot of thought into their burgers and I, I call them mm-hmm. adult burgers, right? I mean, they, they, yeah. they're more sophisticated than just the run of the mill burgers that you can get at mm-hmm. other restaurants. So I, I, yeah, that's, I do enjoy that. Absolutely. All right, Monica, how about another recap? Because we've got a lot. Oh my goodness. On Tuesday, you and I went out to the east side and the dollar shop in Bellevue hosted a great meal. And if you love Chinese hot pot, you have to go here. And if you heard it expensive, it can be, but it is by far the best hot pot you'll have in our region. It was completely epic, Nelson. I'm sure you'll agree from beginning to end. We had the deluxe seafood platter, Wagyu beef, selected beef platter, house-made noodles, wonton, and more. Now, I know you didn't have any of these, Nelson, but I'm a huge fan of their noodles. They're house-made, and I ate them all by myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I could have also eaten the Wagyu platter all by myself. What were some highlights for you? Monica, it was definitely the deluxe seafood platter. Mm-hmm. They had lobster tails, scallops, as well as oysters and spot prawns. I think that was probably my favorite. I'm a big seafood guy. It was so good, Monica, that I ended up playing with the food and making voices <laughs> with it. So, <laughs> Absolutely. You guys, if you don't check out our stories, you really should. Um, I think a lot of our personality comes through and Nelson has a really great voiceover for, for inanimate <laughs> objects. So know. there were a couple of stories like that. <laughs> have you have you ever seen those old SNL sketches with like Eddie Murphy and Bill Murray? Like I'm talking about long time ago. So again, sorry millennials, but <laughs> they, you ever heard those like Mr. Bill like oh no do 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 like in the Gumby? That's for some reason I always gravitate back to those voices when I'm doing voices with 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 our food. I have no idea yeah, why totally. I sound like Mr. Bill. Oh no. and and i love watching those because they're usually like uh claymation like stop motion Mm -hmm. and so it's something that you don't see very often and i think that it was really it it still is funny to me let's face it (laughs) okay back to dollar shop yeah back to dollar shop (laughs) okay so the service was exceptional and i'm sure you agree and all of our hot pot dreams came true everybody was so nice nelson and like all the people who are eating around us, like everybody was so happy. Uh, they were also a little bit concerned about how much food the two of us were consuming <laughs> for the three hours that we were there. 
<laughs> I felt really bad. I'm like, those pro- these people are probably like, they're still here. We need the table. We need the <laughs> I table. Know. I know. I know. You guys, check out the dollar shop, but be sure to make a reservation because they are still busy. They've only been open uh, since February of this year, but they're still busy and they're totally worth it. So Monica, people have asked me, it's like, oh, isn't Dollar Shop so expensive? It's more expensive than your normal hot pot. Well, you're paying for number one, the quality of mm-hmm. proteins, like the, plat- the exceptional beef platter. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about the seafood. Mm-hmm. If you're going for like a cheaper hot pot, a lot of those meats are previously frozen. And sometimes they're still frozen when they come onto the table. Oh, yeah. But it is absolutely fresh. And also the different broths that they have. Which one did you get? I believe you got the pork broth and I got the tomato oxtail broth. No, I got the spare rib broth that night. Oh, spare rib broth. But the pork broth is still my favorite. I Mm -hmm. I really like that one. And I, I've been there in the past and there was a bone marrow broth mm-hmm. and you can, you can eat the bone marrow afterwards. So it's a lot higher quality and because it's a little bit more expensive, you're paying for that higher quality of meats. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I recommend it to all my friends when they want to do hot pot and I tell them, I was like, it is, it is really worth it mm-hmm. to me. And that kumquat juice. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> kumquat <laughs> lemonade. Nelson ordered watermelon juice. And when he tasted my kumquat lemonade, he had to order one for himself. because. Oh, yeah. I, I switched so it delicious. up. I switched it yeah. up. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. I wasn't sharing. Yeah. <laughs> Dollar shop at the Bravern. Got to do it, guys, if you're on the east side. It's one of my, mm-hmm. one of my favorite places on the east side. Mm-hmm. All right. Monica from Hot Pot. We're going to cool it down because we did popsicles on Wednesday. And popsicles right now sound perfect for the increasing hot weather because it is going to get hot finally. I mean, it took July for a while to get to, <laughs> to heat up a little bit, but it's getting there. And we had the chance to attend an event out in 10 degrees event space near between Capitol Hill and First Hill for the new soy pop tails. We had a chance to sample all five boozy popsicles and they included Ula Distillery Spirits. The five flavors included Thai tea, Moscow Mule, my favorite, spicy pineapple, watermelon and Thai coffee. Monica, which one was your favorite? I think I might've mentioned my watermelon story on the show before, (laughs) but definitely it was the watermelon. It was so fresh and you didn't even know there was booze in there, which is one of the things that watermelon eyes (laughs) gets me into trouble every time. Um, I had to be careful how many popsicles I was eating. I mean, I like that they're not overly boozy as well, but really fresh. I loved it. So you know me, Monica, I'm a fruit guy, right? I'm a fruity guy, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Spicy pineapple with that tequila inside that spicy pineapple, man, it had some kick to it. I love that one. But for the non-fruity people, Thai coffee. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that was a very underrated flavor, I thought. I think so and too. And it, it just really worked. Really mm-hmm. worked with that Thai coffee. I couldn't even taste any of that booze. I mean, it was it I was know. it was really good. There those are dangerous because when you can hide that alcohol in those things, I mean, it's just yeah. You, I loved it. Yeah, me too. I uh <laughs> I held all of them in my hand, so they all melted, and I just licked my hands. <laughs> <laughs> I had a stack. I had a stack. So where can you get those soy popsicles? Throughout July, the five popsicle flavors will rotate each week at Soy in Capitol Hill. Starting on Monday, they're going to have a new flavor, and then each time they'll have a new flavor every week. So you can try all five of them, and I highly recommend it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Recommend. Recommend. <laughs> Monica... Popsicles at Capitol Hill. Then we gave some love to people in Greenwood. Where did we go? 
let's see, we went to Bontown and I live on the North End. So Bontown is a restaurant in North Seattle and they've been serving up Vietnamese food with a twist for about four years now. And we visited there earlier this week and sampled a lot of dishes. So first of all, they make this thing called Joey's Crunchberries Boba Tea. And that's always been one of my favorites. It tastes just <laughs> Say like that cereal. again. <laughs> Joey's Crunchberries Boba Tea. <laughs> that's a lot, lot of words there. A lot, lot of words. A lot of words. And it's one of the few pink drinks that I'll order because I'm not hashtag Fruity Pebbles. Uh, I also <laughs> love their corned beef banh mi. And so that was originally an experiment after the wrong beef was purchased. And I think this story... Um, just is representative of like pretty much everything on their menu has a story that often involves a family member. And so it became a fan favorite and has been on the menu ever since. Uh, their chicken wings, I love that honey sriracha sauce and it's so nice and crispy. Nelson, what did you love that day? Okay, they had a vermicelli bowl, but normally what do you get? Like chicken or pork or beef with the mm -hmm. vermicelli bowl? They did tofu mm -hmm. and I loved it. It was so delicious really good I, I i'm always a big vermicelli bowl so when you can when a vietnamese restaurant can do vermicelli bowls well i'm i am all in on that mm -hmm. i wouldn't call this like asian fusion though but they mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed that they had different twists to it like that corned beef banh mi like yeah. i've never heard of that before yeah no for real and i love corned beef and it just seems to fit well yeah, totally. So this is a family-owned small business that's powered by strong community support. So if you get a chance, check them out. Awesome. Nelson, what else? What else we got? What we do today? <laughs> today. Today, as in Sunday, Monica, you and I, we headed out to the U District for some rolled ice cream and some bubble teas. So many different flavors and drinks. It was a fun time. We were out in Cold Plate out in the university district and Monica, some of the highlighted flavors for me for the rolled ice cream included fruity pebbles, banana split, strawberry bliss. Do you see a theme here? Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag fruit. Huh? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I do for sure. Um, all about that fruit. <laughs> there were some other ones too. They had Thai tea. They had a matcha one, the avocado. I really like the avocado personally. And we also had some drinks too. There was a taro shake as well as a strawberry with crema. Monica, what, what did you like? What were some highlights? Because they brought out 10 rolled ice creams and five different drinks. So I, there was a lot. I think they might have brought out more than 10 rolled ice creams. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah, that's right. Because mini cravings. Specials. Yeah. Yeah. Mini cravings made her own. So I got, I got some video of her in the back rolling up ice cream. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, she created her own crazy creation too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, I like the cookies and cream much more than I thought it would. I, I think that the sprinkles that they put on it made it nice and crunchy. So it was like cookies and cream, but just with a little bit of a twist that I usually don't get other places. Uh, my second favorite was s'mores. And so like you, where you gravitate towards fruity, I'm all about chocolatey, milky stuff. Because, you know, I'm eating ice cream anyway. I mean, come on, I'm going to get sick either way. Um, and then the drinks, you know, um, I didn't taste that many of them, um, but the ones that I did taste, like the taro shake, that one was good. And I also think I tried the strawberry crema, although Emerald City Eater seemed to to really like that one. <laughs> he just kept yeah. drinking it. <laughs> he, he liked it so much, he took it to the other spot afterwards. <laughs> oh, did he? Did he really? Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. And I love when you got there, you're just like, is anybody drinking that? And then you pulled out your reusable straw. So hey. Nelson Eats is environmentally friendly, y'all. He has yeah. his own steel you know. straw that he whipped out just out of his pocket. Oh, yeah. The metal straw. The metal straw. Annie Eats Food bought it for me. I'm just... 
you know, I'm just a guy trying to lower my carbon footprint. Of course, you drink, you drink so much boba. I'm sure you're saving lots of things right now. I know, I, mean, you I know, drink a right? Lot of boba. <laughs> I do drink a lot of boba. It took, but hey, Monica, if you saw my story, it took till Friday to have my first bubble tea. So mm-hmm. I, I have to pat myself on the back. I mean, I, normally, normally I'm like by Friday, I'm four bubble teas in. So yeah. I'm pretty proud of myself. Okay, good job, Nelson. Good job. Good job. Yeah, see, yeah, good job yeah. myself. <laughs> you don't. It's a podcast show, so you don't see me patting myself on the back right now. Oh, I, I totally know it's happening, though. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Monica, that was a lot of recaps. It really definitely made up for last week's couple, just two recaps for us. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. How about onto the events? We got we got a lot of events going on, too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yes, there's a lot of events. Let's get started. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Let's talk about a weekday event. Sinoholic. Monica, cinnamon roll fan? Cinnamon oh, yeah. roll fan, Oh, right? totally. Yeah? Okay. You and I went to Cineholic when they first opened last year. Mm-hmm. And this Wednesday, July 17th, they are celebrating Cineholic Days up in Capitol Hill. So, guys, pay attention. From 12 to 4 p.m., you can score an old school roll for just $1. So, for just a buck. In addition, you po- if you post a picture of your Cineholic Day experience on either Instagram or Facebook and tag hashtag Cineholic Day... You could be entered to win one of the $500 gift cards that's offered by all the Cineholics across the U.S. Oh, my gosh. Monica, $1 Cineholic rules. Can't beat that. And you can potentially win $100. Wow. And I really like Cineholic stuff. I mean, they're vegan and they taste yummy. And I love them. So, wow, a dollar. Is it limit one per person or can I walk in and like get a dozen? <laughs> I think I think it's probably one per person. Uh, every uh, time. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, people are going to say, I'd like $51 cinnamon rolls. Please, so. <laughs> Monica, I saw in some stories, did you know they have pizza rolls now too? So you can get savory rolls at Cineholic too as well. Yeah, I knew that catch your eye. I saw those. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know me. I'm all about the savories. Mm-hmm. Give me the savories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely check them out Wednesday, July 17th, 12 to 4 p.m. If you're up in Capitol Hill, stop on by. Okay, Monica, what do you got? Uh, Speaking of Capitol Hill, we have the Capitol Hill Block Party coming up this weekend. So if you love music, then the Capitol Hill Block Party is for you. And that party runs from Friday to Sunday. And that is three days of rocking music. So while you're enjoying music, you're going to have to eat. So there's tons of local businesses for you to visit. And they'll also have a food court that's going to include bar melusine, poquitos, tie you up, 20 ounce tea and more. So these shows, single day tickets start at $75. And when you purchase your tickets, there's an option to donate a variety of charities and they'll be matching donations up to $5,000. Now, Nelson, I saw you last weekend. So you really dig on the music. So this sounds like something you might enjoy. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. Do you know what? who's going to be at the Capitol Hill block party? Oh, you know, I'm not a follower of the music scene. So there's no names that caught my eye. I'm all about that oh. food life. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, knowing that our listeners, there is overlap between music and food, trying to make those connections all the time. Yeah, they always have great music. But mm-hmm. one of the headliners is Lizzo. And with her mm-hmm. an overall hit on the radio right now, Truth Hurts. Yeah, I, I'm sure you've heard it before. I'm sure I don't know. Sing it for me. Sing it for me. No, I'm, I'm not singing this one. This one's <laughs> this one's all about this one's all, all for you guys to Google. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not singing this one. I'm not singing this one. <laughs> No, I might crack. I might crack my screen if I see this. <laughs> okay, okay. <I'll laughs> but Lizzo, Lizzo is going to be headlining it. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about heading there. 
definitely. Super cool. What do you got, Nelson? Okay, Monica. This event really needs no introduction or really needs no description at all. It's the Bite of Seattle. We haven't talked about the Bite of Seattle Mm -hmm. on our show yet because our our show first started in September. But I mean, when you think July and you think food and festivals, it's Bite of Seattle. So this Friday through Sunday, the Bite of Seattle is happening at the Seattle Center. Seattle's original food and beverage showcase featuring 200 plus food and specialty vendors. In addition to that, Monica, to all the food vendors, there's a new Gladiator of the Grill barbecue competition. Ooh. I saw that on the website. There's munchies at the mural and a free bite movie on Friday night. And Monica, they'll be playing Wayne's World. Wayne's oh World. Gosh. Excellent. Woo, 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 woo. Most yeah. of our listeners don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> what? Party on, Wayne. Party Sorry. on, Garth. Yeah. Right? No way. <laughs> way. <laughs> We're terrible. <laughs> I can. I can <laughs> oh my gosh! I love that movie. I can say that. I can say the movie line for line. It's so. Funny. Oh my gosh! It's so good. But no, seriously, Monica. There's so much more entertainment that I haven't even listed. The bite starts at 11 a.m. and it goes to 9 p.m. on Fridays and Saturdays, and because it's a Sunday, it closes at 8 p.m. on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And just like other food festivals if you go online to biteofseattle.com you can purchase discounted and fast line bite packages too oh my goodness just a little hint go online and check out what kind of discount packages they have for sure and some of our friends will be judging some of the dishes there and so check that out as well some of seattle's biggest foodies are going to be judging some dishes what are some of your highlights in the past when you go to the bite of seattle You know, what I always look for at the bite, because there's so many food vendors, is I'm always looking for people who are out of town or like are always on South Seattle, so I don't get to see them as often, so I can sample Mm -hmm. their food. So the focus is usually on what I can't get and on my absolute favorites. Um, So of course, we know I'm a lover of street food and food trucks, so I'm always leaning into the food trucks. But nowadays, with how innovative all these pop-ups are and all these catering businesses, um, there's so much to choose from. So it's hard for me to come up with a game plan, but I'll definitely be looking um, for my list of where I'm going to visit this weekend because I will be at the bite at least one day. I usually try not to go more than one day. Okay, so Monica, I've been going to the Bite of Seattle since I was like, what, seven, six, seven years old oh my with goodness. my parents. Wow. And every time I go, <laughs> you're going to laugh, I always have to get a strawberry cooler. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love, I love that strawberry cooler drink. I know you can get it at other, at other festivals and whatnot, mm-hmm. but it just brings back memories just getting a strawberry cooler. Just, oh, yeah so good it's so red with all the strawberries with all the fruit with all the fruit in it (laughs) yeah you can't beat it you can't beat it i always have to get roasted corn but it has to be roasted so there are corn vendors who don't roast it and they just boil it i'm always looking for the actual roasters because i want that smoky flavor in the corn and i love seasoning it just the way that i want and um just you know when corn's in season there's nothing better I went for a couple of years. Uh, I was all about the alligator on a stick. Oh yeah. Until I got until I got older, I was like, maybe this is just fried chicken. No, right? Different. Maybe it's just chicken. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it taste just like chicken? I know. Uh, last time I checked, there's not a lot of alligators in the Puget Sound area, so I don't I know. know where they're shipping the alligator from. Well, I will tell you that that one vendor that does the alligator on the stick that's most famous for doing it, they're actually not local, and so um, I'm pretty yeah. sure the gator is fresh. Yeah. all right bite of seattle it's awesome i i love going there it's just fun it's just fun all right monica what's another event you got for us 
Let's see. So I'm going to be talking about the Seattle night market. So this is third in a series of four. And this this theme is going to be Europe. And so on Saturday, July 20th, they'll be bringing that third market that's focused on Europe. And there's no final food lineup. So I can't tell you what my favorites are. But in the last two markets, Mexico and Asia, I'm going to tell you, they were super popular. Like for the Mexico one, it started at four. I got there at four thinking I was going to be early and I wasn't. The place was full. And so the Asia one, I didn't go to, but I heard from people is the same thing. So if you're interested, get there early to eat, enjoy beer and hear live music. So we're talking about Wayne's World earlier in terms of outdoor movies. Seattle Outdoor Cinema, which is next door to where the night market is going to be happening, they're going to be having a free 30th anniversary screening of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> uh, have you seen that movie, Nelson? Monica, what? You're asking me the question, have I ever seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? Um, yeah. Excellent! Yeah. I mean, it's it's got... It's got Keanu in it. Yeah. I mean, I'm I, I'm a huge Keanu fan. Of course, yeah. I want. I've seen Bill and Ted's. It's a great movie, guys. All right, millennials, you got this. Is put it on the list put along with list. Wayne's World. Absolutely. Put it on the list along with Wayne's World, and City Slickers and Blazing Saddles and all the other '80s movies. You guys got to watch this. But Bill and Ted's is an awesome movie. You got to watch that. It is, and it sounds like a fun night that's full of a lot of options for everyone in the family. So if you want to take the family to the movie, it's there. They're going to have a beer garden just like usual. There's going to be live music and then, of course, food for everyone. So it's one-stop shopping for you and the whole family. I just think it's really cool that this year the Seattle Night Markets are doing themed night events. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just really really cool that they're just highlighting certain foods and mm -hmm. it's fun and the asian night market that they did man that was packed looking yeah, at all those stories totally. mangosteen it was ridiculous <laughs> looking at mangosteen's lines i was like oh man okay okay i know it, and they've gotten so popular monica i, I might have to just drive to the gorge just to get some mangosteen <laughs> and drive back i think they're coming back this weekend for the night market but you're right they they were positioned right on denny avenue and that line was blocks long and people were waiting for it because it's totally worth it no doubt i blame you monica i blame you for <laughs> Telling everyone to go eat their chicken wings. <laughs> Guys, don't go to Mangosteen to eat chicken wings. Don't go. Whatever you do. Oh, you know, I know. And I think about the days where they're like day one, no line, right? And, yeah. and even after that, there wasn't a line for a while. And I just enjoyed talking with the owner, Ty, and, and his dad and the staff. And like now we can barely get a word in edgewise unless we have lunch yeah. together. So yeah. Good job, you guys. You did that. You did that, Monica. You did that. They say I did that too. <laughs> they say it was me also. <laughs> oh, I've got to do a better job about hiding. <laughs> hiding the things that I love. <laughs> oh, all right, Nelson. So uh, what do we got going on in the international district? On Saturday, July 20th, the Friends of Little Saigon is having the Raging Viet Cajun Summer Pop-Up at the Phobox Soup Shop and Boat. The event is from 12 p.m. to 12 a.m., so it's 12 hours, and there's six different time slots to choose from. Monica, there's two options to purchase tokens for food. You can purchase a $10 token, or you can purchase three tokens, which are each worth $10 each, and you can purchase it for $25, so you get a $5 discount if mm -hmm. you purchase three tokens altogether. And you use it towards food, and the following food items include seafood boil, Cajun pho, veggie Cajun pho, fries, lobster tails, and shrimp skewers. So hmm. lots of things to choose from. 
The tickets can be purchased on brownpapertickets.com or you can go to the link in the bio of the FLS Seattle Instagram page, which is the Friends of Little Saigon Instagram account. Hmm. Well, as you were talking, I was picking out what I wanted to eat. And so for me, it's going to be seafood boil, lobster tails, and shrimp skewers. I think I'm all about that. So $25. I think I might switch out the shrimp skewers and go with some Cajun pho. Mm. Spicy. 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 I love pho box soup shop. So if they're doing pho and they're doing a different type of pho than, than what they normally have on the menu, I'm all in for that. Oh, yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Monica, there's one more event, and it's in Uwajimaya. Tell us about it. On Saturday, July 20th, and Sunday, July 21st, so that's two days, people, Uwajimaya will be closing South Weller Street for their annual Natsu Matsuri Outdoor Summer Festival. So this free event started in the Uwajimaya parking lot, and I remember that when it was there. And it's gotten a bit bigger, so now they close down a street in Chinatown. So Weller Street is right next to it. They have family-friendly events with live entertainment, eating contests, games, and about 15 booths. So it's sort of a smaller festival, um, but it's a really great way to sample products, both from the store and from booths that are often community businesses that you probably won't see at other fairs because they're operating at a smaller level. So I think a lot of times the food is really interesting and also the entertainment is great and the eating contest. One year, um, my husband participated in the Ramune drinking contest where you just try to drink as much Ramune as you can. But that's actually really hard because you got that glass ball that clogs the hole. <laughs> and, and so it's actually harder than it sounds. I mean, and actually, part of the contest was that you had to pop it and you know a lot of people actually don't even know how to open those bottles so that was hilarious. yeah um anyway uh facilities start at 11 a.m each day and so if you're looking for something smaller with variety this is probably for you as opposed to like larger festivals wajimaya it's what is it a local staple now in in the seattle community i'm we probably would say that right oh yeah i, I go there all the time i was just there a couple days ago like two days yeah. ago yeah, yeah. love it. just like by the seattle I mean, I, my parents and I, we used to go to the Chinatown location, the mm-hmm. old Chinatown location. Oh, the one at the tea house when it was at the, the tea house. The one at the tea house. Yes, where, me too. Where, Milk, where Milky Milky is and uh, Oasis is, Milky Milky is about mm-hmm. to open up there in Oasis. Mm-hmm. That used to be in Iwajimaya. Yep. And that was the only Asian grocery store that we, I mean, this was like in the early 1980s. Mm-hmm. So it was the only Asian grocery store and that was the only place where we could like buy rice and baby bok choy. And I just remember going with my grandmother buying stuff and then how stinky the fish was because, (laughs) you know, as a four-year-old, you don't like the smell of fish. So Mm -hmm. you had to like plug your nose until you had to like, until they were all done biting all the fish. Yeah. (laughs) I just remember that. But 1980s, I'll have to trust you on that, Nelson, because I wasn't born yet. I made myself laugh. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Monica wasn't born at that time. I wasn't in Seattle though. I definitely was not in Seattle all that time ago. No, Um, I just I just remember some great times at that old Yuajimaya. Monica, we made it. Wow, that was a lot of events. That That was was a lot lot of recaps. Woo! That was a lot. That was a lot. Shall we get into our interview? Yes, please tell us about our interview. Perfect. Our interview this week is with Filippo Fiore. He is the executive chef of Due Cucina out on Broadway. They are doing some amazing pastas. Due Cucina has been serving up healthy pastas and more since they opened several years ago. Filippo has been all over the world, including Italy and China, mastering healthy pasta making. And here's our interview. 
Hey Seattle, I am with Filippo Fiore, who is the executive chef of Dewey Cucina out in Broadway. Filippo, I've been a big fan of your pastas ever since you guys first opened, so this is kind of a fun interview. How are you doing today? Are we doing great? Thank you everybody for being here and thanks Nelson for the opportunity. Yeah, so let's just kind of get started. How did Dewey Cucina originate? Well, it's the, the first inception, the first idea I was in Sydney, Australia, so pretty far from here. I was visiting my friends, my best friend in uh, Sydney, and during his lunch break, we were like, hey, what are we going to have for lunch? And I said, pasta. And his answer was like, I'm going to fall asleep in the office and it's going to be super expensive. <laughs> so we were like, hey, it's not a place for like making pasta like more um, easy, accessible for everybody. Grab me as a pizza, you know? Mm -hmm. So we started thinking about it. The night we brought the business plan and uh, this was 2012. And then uh, we developed the idea until we opened in 2016. That's what it is. That's what it is since then. Now, how did you get started as a chef? Uh, I, I'm Italian, so all Italian likes to cook, right? right. <laughs> At least they know how to cook. But uh, beside that, um, I was taking my PhD in China, and uh, besides always working in restaurants as a waiter to support my studies, uh, I had to, to get some money, even though the scholarship was good, but it wasn't enough. So yeah. my wife was like, uh, well, that time was my girlfriend. She said, why don't you go teaching cooking? And I'm like, sure. So I started with uh, baking. I joined a cultural center back in, there in Beijing. And then I developed it to about 10 different classes. So like three, five times per week, started teaching. And then it developed to uh, charity dinner, uh, pop-up dinner in Beijing, and uh, even a TV show in China and Korea. So it was wow. a fantastic opportunity. Okay, so this is really interesting. So <laughs> how did you get to China? That was... Um, I'm an engineer, so uh -huh. I was working as a consultant, and uh, I ended up doing a business trip in China back in 2011, and I fell in love with the food. I fell in love with the surrounding of the culture and the history, and at that point, I was kind of tired of being in Italy. I, was my, I already went to Canada before. I was coming back to Italy, and it's like, you know what? Let me give it a try to go somewhere else. Okay. So I applied for different PhD, China and USA, and in the end... Uh, the new, the novelty that is China won on my heart. Yeah. Did did a lot of people in China kind of grow to pastas, go, like go to liking your pastas? Because most of them, they do a lot of noodles and things like that, but not Italian pastas. You know, that, that's funny that uh, everyone is so accustomed to noodle that they see pasta in the same way and uh -huh. then they taste it. They're like, oh, that's kind of different. You know, we cook it very al dente. Uh -huh. But when you talk about Chinese cooking, it's kind of broad term, right? right? So there are different regional aspects, regional parts where they, they like it al dente too. So they call it kogan mm -hmm. and uh, it means the bite. Yeah. So there are very many similarities. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that difficult to make many Chinese like love it, basically. They mm -hmm. just, and then it was so authentic because uh, I think my accent then was even stronger than now. So <laughs> then it was easy to make my product being loved in that yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, let's go back to Dewey Kachina. Tell me, what makes your pasta so unique? So, well, the quality of the product, I would say. And we have uh, three, four different kinds of pastas, mm -hmm. four, four different doughs. The first is uh, a classic pasta that is 100% uh, semolina. We use uh, producers that are like an association of a sustainable farmer, no-till, and uh, the product is not enriched. So many of the products that we find in the market, the flour is enriched with uh, protein, but ours is completely natural. So it's straight during wheat, ground down to flowers, and that's what we use. So you really taste the field, basically. Yeah. The second we developed uh, to solve the issues that we had of uh, falling asleep after being uh, 
falling asleep in the office after eating a bowl of pasta is what we call healthy. Yeah. Even though probably nowadays we should call it impossible pasta, right? Uh -huh. It's a blend of eight different natural flours, and uh, we have like 50% more protein, less carbs, less gluten. Yeah. So you, it's pasta without the guilt, yeah. and it still tastes fantastic, still dentist. So that's the, our new product, basically, and it's very innovative. Then we have a classic uh, egg dough pasta, like fettuccine tagliatelle. Again, flour is just straight flour, no enrichment, no till, sustainable farming. And we make our own gluten-free as well, that is super healthy as well. So why did you decide to make healthy pastas? Because you go to a lot of places in Seattle and they don't promote it as healthy pastas, they just make it just with flour and the, the normal ingredients. Why did you guys decide, I, we want to do healthy pastas at Dewey Gina? So that's what's the problem, like, hey, I'm working in an office today, and if yeah. I'm fast, I'm falling asleep. Yeah. And then we notice that many people claim what they think they have, or the doctor always say they have a gluten allergy. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that is, in my opinion, many, like 90% of the time, it's just because what you eat is uh, heavily processed. Mm -hmm. So we decided to innovate the product itself. So it's just more about, uh, making something new, develop something that has not been innovated in the last 150 years. So we're like, can we make it more balanced instead of being this uh, carb load? Can we also have a good flavor? So we have a product now that is just much more nutritionally balanced mm -hmm. than uh, normal pasta. And then, of course, you can indulge in our classic pasta as well and no guilt as well over that if you don't care. Yeah, I really enjoy the way you guys do your format because... You can always you can make so many hundreds of combinations of different pastas with your different sauces and proteins and everything like that. A lot of times you'll go to a restaurant and they'll have the sauce with a specific pasta yeah. that they do, but you guys can just mix and match all the time depending on what you want with it. So I really like that. Yeah, it's uh, this was another point for us because uh, as a chef, I would love like to develop my recipe to the best flavor, and let's say that these kind of pasta go better with this sauce, right? But then you look about the the playful. Of the, of the menu and also the way that people have different needs. If you're wearing a white shirt and you have to go back to the office, you don't want to have bucatini. Ah, yeah. But if you want to have this sauce, why have it only with bucatini? Let's put it on something short that is easy to grab. Mm. So for us, it was always uh, an idea of making pasta more uh, easily approachable to everybody. It doesn't have to be fine dining. It doesn't have to be pretentious. It doesn't have to be expensive. It's still high quality. Mm. It's super good, but we make it more available to everybody. And that meant also be meeting, trying to meet the needs of our customers. I love it. I love it. So besides pastas, I know Dewey Kachina has other things, other items on the menu. Can you tell us what other items yeah. you guys have? So Dewey Cucina is basically bringing high quality pasta and then some uh, main staple of the Italian tradition, Italian food tradition. So we decided to go with uh, what are the, the biggest names, maybe, uh, like eggplant parmigiana is very well known. Mm -hmm. So we try to do that in the, the same way they do it in Sicily. We import uh, Sicilian cheese that is even difficult to find in Italy. Uh, it's a cacio cavallo. And uh, give it like this uh, more layered flavor to a classic eggplant parmigiana. We use only 24 months aged parmigiano reggiano. And basically it's eggplant sliced, baked with tomato and these two cheeses. Uh, we also do like uh, a panino con porchetta that is not well um, known here in the, in the West Coast, but mm -hmm. much more known in the East Coast and across Europe. It's a Zolo Rose pork belly, like we cook for like nine hours. Mm -hmm. There is a particular process and temperature development in that. So it's a flavor with a rosemary, uh, fennel, some uh, black pepper, garlic. And it's tradition from uh, Rome, Umbria, and Tuscany, so, Tuscany, so the center region of Italy. So, 
we try to bring with our product a little bit of uh, authentic Italian food over here. Yeah. So we definitely stay away from everything that is um, spaghetti meatball or a chicken parmi. Right, right. Everything that is Italian-American, there are plenty of places that do that. Mm -hmm. uh, we just want to do real authentic. We don't even call it traditional. We just say authentic food. Yeah. So true story. I've been... Twice I've been to Dewey Cucina and I've had two different customers tell you guys that they love your guys' pastas and your all your food because it reminds them of when they went to Italy on vacation. It kind of reminds them of the food because the authenticity. So uh, it makes a lot of sense that you guys are doing that. Especially, I mean, I think they specifically talked about that eggplant parmesan. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, as a cook is also, you get influence from where you live, right? So if I live now three years here in uh, Seattle, of course I tend to cook with salmon, I tend to cook with uh, other local products. And so it's also very important to go back to Italy to not lose yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Food and cuisine are always developing, um, but we try to, to keep authentic. And that means also choosing the right product and respecting them. Yeah. It could be something that is slightly different than the way they do it at home or the, your grandma's recipe. Yeah. Of course, there are like thousands of grandmas or thousands of recipes of the same <laughs> thing. But as long as you respect the ingredient and you make it simple, that is the essence of Italian cuisine. And that's what we do. Mm, yes. Is there anything new, exciting Dewey Cucina is working on for the coming year or in the future? Oh, this is a beautiful question. We have so many things going on. We are very excited for 2020. Uh, we are currently working on, um, of course, bringing our product uh, to a, wi a wider audience. Uh -huh. uh, that could be, some say, expansion. I don't want to say too much, of course. Uh -huh. But we are looking at different um, areas of the greater Seattle. Great. We are also working and on bringing the product to on the market. So, like, pass it to the market mm -hmm. and uh, eventually all our sources. So, my dream is to have a... Someone that come to the restaurant and then say, oh, this was so good. I, let me buy something. I want to bring it home mm -hmm. and uh, cook it for my family. Yeah. And I want them to do the same when they're shopping for grocery. They're like, oh, I know this restaurant. I know this stuff. Yeah, that, that, that's what we work with. Sounds great. I love it. I love, I love to see you guys grow. I'm a big fan. I always ask chefs, is, is there some ingredient you're looking forward to using in the future? I, that's the other thing. that The menu always changes. When, I wish, as a chef, they would change more often. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some constraint, and uh, seafood is something that's going to come up more uh, prominently in our yeah. menu. I love chowders. Uh, oh, God. I've made a soup at home with my, my wife. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's so good. Um, razor clams. Uh -huh. The sodas are yes. items that, again, we don't have in Italy. We have it over here. Right. And uh, you find the best one. You cook it in a simple way, and that's still Italian food. So. Yeah. I wish I could put something like that in the near term, and that's, we are working on that. That's too. great. I love yeah. that you're incorporating Seattle local seafood yeah. into your into your menu. It's also part of being sustainable. We try to limit our import from Italy to the minimum. Mm -hmm. That means like uh, some great cheese only and some wines. Yeah. Everything else can be found local, and we decide also for something we don't find, we make it our own. So that's why we cure our own meats, uh, still using a sustainable farm here in Mont Vermont but we are able to get a fantastic pork and we cure our own meats. So sustainability for us is very important and uh, using local product, I think, is an essence for being sustainable. All right. I have one last question for you. Sure. Because we're a Seattle foodie podcast, we always love to ask, and because you're an executive chef in Seattle, where are we eating? Can you tell us what are some great places you can recommend to our listeners? And also, or if you like cooking at home too, what do, you, what do you enjoy cooking at home as a chef? 
Well, uh, this is, uh, I'm a beer, an outlier, or uh, I have a young kid, like she's two years old, so <laughs> our, uh, our outside date night are pretty limited, so uh-huh. fancy restaurant are, are not anymore our possibility because it's just too, too massive yes. for the baby, yeah, right? Yeah, but um, we love to go when we are in downtown or in town, we go to Nijo, uh-huh. uh, Nijo Sushi Bar and Sushi, yeah. It's so relaxed, the atmosphere and the food is always top notch. So yeah. here in Seattle, we always try to go for uh, uh, Japanese and Asian food. Uh-huh. I think it's the, the best one that you can find around. Yeah. Um, we love um, Hong Kong uh, Hey Plus Kitchen. Yes, I was just there <laughs> recently. Just, man, I love it. <laughs> and then, of course, there are many places for food. Uh, not many great places for food, unfortunately. Uh-huh. But it's always nice on a winter to grab a food, like very yeah, just like comforting, a, a right? home, hot, comforting yeah. type thing. If I'm home, I'm partial to Chinese food, so okay. I'm trying to perfect now with my wife, Mapo Tofu. Oh, Mapo Tofu, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's fun. We always do it. The baby participate as yeah. well. Uh, or if I cook, I enjoy doing pizza. Uh-huh. We grow our own tomatoes, so we make the best pizza that we could at home. Yeah. And that, 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 that's what we do, yeah. Great. Did you, did you learn a lot of recipes while you're in China in terms of Chinese cooking? Yeah, that, that, that was the other thing. And uh, I was teaching in this cultural center, and it was open to Chinese and international people. So they have classes like for different regions and food uh, of uh, Chinese tradition. But also they have uh, Vietnamese, Thai classes, uh, baking classes. So it was for me a way to be exposed to multiple cuisine yeah. that were all authentic because the cooks, the chef, the teacher were actually belonging to that particular ethnicity. I mean, mm-hmm. It was really regional. So, so many new ingredients, yeah. so many new techniques, and it's beautiful. Um, that was a big influence in my culinary development in that mm-hmm. sense. I love it. I love it. Filippo, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming down and talking with me and doing Katina out on Broadway. You guys all have to check it out. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me here. And- just say, hey, I listen to you on the podcast, you're gonna get a discount. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Fantastic. And that was our interview with Filippo Fiore of Dewey Cucina. You guys have to go check out that place. Monica, what do you think of their pastas there? I think it's really great that you can mix and match the pasta that you like with the sauce that you like. And I just think that that's a really great option that a lot of places don't have. And so that's one of the things that I love. Unlimited mm-hmm. possibilities. That's that's how mm-hmm. I think about it. And what I really love is that they really thought about why they made healthy pastas. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons was for the lunch crowd. They didn't want people to have feel drowsy or take naps because of the heavy pastas. So that's why they decided to create healthy pastas for people that can come during lunch and then get back to work and be productive and instead of instead of taking a three-hour nap mm-hmm. because of the food coma. So I think that's really something that's really thoughtful mm-hmm. and um, especially since they're up in Broadway. Mm-hmm. I think that's For awesome. Sure. All right, Monica, the show's almost over, but we've been talking about beers a lot. So I didn't want to get into deep details about beer events this week, but we do have a couple beer events. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. So Nelson, on Saturday, July 20th, that's the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing. And I can't believe that. So to celebrate that event, Elysian Brewing is partnering with the Museum of Flight to host the Lunar Block Party. And that's going to celebrate the anniversary. So it's a two-day block party that'll be Friday, July 19th and Saturday, July 20th. And there's tons of stuff going on. Um, There's going to be a special Space Dust Moon Landing Uh, beer for people to try and also um, a special exhibit destination moon the apollo 11 mission exhibit so sounds like a lot of fun so that's my beer event 
I love the Museum of Flight, especially since my dad had worked for Boeing for more than 35 plus mm-hmm. years. So one of the one of the highlights as a kid, man, I'm, I'm like reminiscing. This is a this is a Nelson reminiscing show. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Nelson flashback show here. Um, I just I just love going to the Museum of Flight. It's always a, one of my favorites. And Monica, in addition to that, Eastside for all you Eastsiders like me. There's Eastside Beer Week. So a lot of breweries on the east side are also participating in Eastside Brewery mm-hmm. Week. So look that up online. And there's a lot of specials out there too as well. So again, Monica, we just cannot avoid beer. I know. I, we're such beer lovers, yeah. but we're we yeah. are a dedicated food podcast. And beer's part of that. That's right. I know. I, I, oh, I, I can see how we could Oh, we're still dedicated we're still dedicated to food because <laughs> I was gonna say tune in. Tune in next week when we rebrand to the Seattle Beer Podcast. I know. I think that we could do that. <laughs> I'm drinking a lot of beer. <laughs> so, Monica, next week, I don't get to see much of you. I, I'm going to miss you. This is going to be hard. Are you? Will you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to miss you, know. too. Yeah. <laughs> so, you guys, it'll be less recaps uh-huh. next week, but we'll have some. And, of course, we'll always be looking at events. I know this weekend was absolutely the busiest weekend for events in Seattle. I believe there were 36 different events all around the city. Oh, my gosh. Bonkers. Bonkers. It's I getting know. busy. Great weather, good food. I mean, what more is there, right? Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening and happy eating, Seattle. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.